Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk. First up, we'll take a look at the business stories that are ex- exercising the country and indeed the world. Delighted to be joined in studio this morning by Gina London. She's a communications expert and a columnist with the Sunday Independent. Also, uh, an old stalwart here on Down to Business, Declan Ralph, who's the Retail Development Director at BW Food, BWG Foods. That's the custodian of the Spar Mason XL brands. You're both very welcome to the programme. Declan, I'm going to start with you. Minimum wage rise by 140 an hour in the budget is the headline on today's Irish Independent. So we're starting to get the leaks now. Yeah. It's, all, it's all happening on yep. Tuesday, but this is the build-up. So. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a blow, Bobby, to all uh, small businesses. Um Certainly, people we we would uh, do business with, and all businesses yeah. um, in, of that size. Um, the Low Pay Commission has um, the government has accepted the proposal from the Low Pay Commission to increase the minimum wage to twelve seventy, which is you know a significant uh, uh, blow to all the small businesses, um, and it's going to be a challenge. I mean, with everything else that's going on, you know that we've we've all been talking about. You've obviously, people struggling with energy costs. Um, recent legislation, mandatory sick, sick pay, enhanced parental leave, all the various things that are, are coming into play yeah. and are adding costs to, to just Just a couple businesses. of things. Uh, like I'm all for, you know, lower paid workers being paid more. Absolutely. And this will mean, you know, on, a, on, a, on someone on minimum wage, theoretically should get an extra 56 euros a week, which is a lot. It is. But what I don't get and what people don't seem to get is that, you know, if you pay 50 euros for a steak or nine euros for a pint, that some of that cost is reflected. So, like, don't give out about a nine euro pint if you want to pay a minimum wage of 13 euro an hour. Yeah, look at... Uh, Like, they they can't be decoupled. No, people are in business... You know, to make money and make a profit, and that's <clears throat> legitimate in the society that we live in. And and yes, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm all for people to be paid properly for the job that they do, and and that people have enough money when they're paid to live and and live in the country. So, um, you know, they, the government are saying though, Bobby, that they are going to consider um giving some supports to businesses to help them. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, they're talking about perhaps bringing back. Uh, the uh, waiver on commercial rates, um, which was around during the uh, COVID-19 yeah. pandemic, uh, which would be good. And they're also thinking of bringing back maybe the the uh, energy uh, scheme the, the, that they had, the TBES, the which was there. Yeah. Um, well, I think if know, the government, you know, if the government can make meaningful concessions to business that compensates for a higher wage, actually, if they get that right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Everybody yeah, will be happy. Yeah. Yeah. Gina. Yeah, you know, this is one of those things where, again, as you just mentioned, both sides of the budget coin on this one. We've got the people that are working in hourly wages, like waiters, as you were mentioning, who are serving you that 50-euro steak, or people in hospitality who are cleaning up the hotel rooms, and there's a difficulty in still getting them to work. So 
it might be worth that investment in order to be able to get them back into the workforce because we're still even a year and a half really outside of the pandemic and lockdown. We're still finding that these sectors are having difficulties to attract and retain talent. And this might be something. But again, with the ideas you guys were discussing that the government's considering of finding ways to offset that increased burden, especially, as Declan was saying, on those small businesses that are strapped already. Yeah. We're also looking at six billion, you know, around new homes, the health to buy scheme, um, derelict property, regist- you know, 70K there. These are all good things, but uh, yeah, I think we're probably going to know what's in the budget by the end of the program. <laughs> there you go. It's all there. But yeah. I wanted to also chat, Declan, if I may, about uh, Pat Lee's article in today's Irish Times, because we often talk about the, the, the budget without being sort of conscious of the real numbers at play yeah. here. So he's a very interesting piece it's, it's in, great. in today's Irish Times, which you might walk us through. Yeah, I, I, I just before I get into the numbers, I love the bit where he gave a little nod back to Michael Noonan when he talked about the millions and the billions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, it's really good, but it is billions we're talking yeah. about, Bobby, this morning. So uh, <clears throat> some of the top line numbers are it's 100 billion uh, that's what it takes to, uh, give or take a few, Bob, to run the country uh, for for the year. Yeah. Um, and there's different ways of measuring that. But, the, you know, they say whatever way you look at it, um, this year, in fact, we're at about 90 uh, billion already. And there's a bit more to come. So we'll get to that. Round one. numbers round here. Numbers, we're talking yeah. round numbers. Round numbers, yeah. yeah. Um, pay and pensions, uh, 28 billion. So um, the government obviously um, is is a big employer. We, we have to remember that as yeah. well. So 28 billion goes there. That's and over a quarter of the spend. Quarter of the spend, yeah. Yeah, um, another another significant amount, the three biggies as they call them, are twenty five billion on health, which of course is overspent as well as we're hearing. Uh, twenty three billion down on all the various social welfare elements, including uh, unemployment benefit, old age pensions, disability payments, and and, and so on. And then uh, education is is fourteen uh, billion. Uh, and then if you look at taxes, tax the tax brings in about ninety billion. It's it's roughly. Um, 30 billion in income tax and 23 billion in um, in corporation tax, which well, maybe we'll probably come back to again in a minute, and then 19 billion in, in VAT. Yeah. So there's a there's just sort of a third, a third, a third there. Um, the other sort of other side of the coin is the national debt. Mm. And the national debt um, is basically about uh, we'd have to stop everything, Bobby, and do nothing, close the country down for about two and a quarter years. And then we'd have we could save that hundred billion and pay off the two hundred and twenty five. Well, I think, so, as he also points out, that no one ever pays off their national debt. No. Gina, what, uh, it is good to look at these figures from a macro perspective. You know, exactly. And I think this is one of the things as we're in budget forecast frenzy this week leading into Tuesday that there's most people who are listening right now are focusing on their own personal interests yeah. because that's human behavior. But I do like that Pat Leahy takes a, a big high-level overview of, do you have any idea how much it costs to run the government? And do you have any idea how much each individual entity is worth? And he was started off his article, which I enjoyed, with a reflection of a time when he's out with some some friends having a couple of glasses of wine and one of his friends who's a financial expert couldn't answer that question. How much does it cost? How much does it cost? And I think it's important Exactly. I don't know. How much? And well, just, just to tell our listeners as well that um, if we talk about 100 billion, that's 11 zeros. Uh, it's 1,000 million. Yeah. Just again, just to bring us <laughs> back down to earth. Slightly more than, you know, 
than Elon Musk makes. Declan, you mentioned some <laughs> of the minutiae around uh, the taxation uh, uh, balancing act, which is also uh, noted in today's Irish Times by Cliff Taylor. Effectively, we've a, we've a shortfall of 750 million euros in corporation tax, which is slightly offset by a better year in income tax and PRSI. I think it'll end up in, in, in the surplus all up. It looks like it will, yeah. yeah. And I mean, 750 million on its own is a lot of money, but in the context of the 23.5 billion, it's not a huge, yeah. you know, it's not very much off. So we have to, you know, the numbers are so big, you have to sort of remember the, that side of it. But it looks like it, it, that income tax will make up a, a good degree of that shortfall in the corporation tax. I suppose the, the reduction in corporation tax is a little bit of a flag that we have to watch out for because we've been over uh, delivering on that over the last number of years. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. one that, you know, a lot of commentators say, watch that, don't spend it, it's not yours, you won't have it every year. So it's one to watch out for, Bobby. Yeah, I'd say both McGrath and Donoghue were kind of secretly glad that the last two months were there was a blip in corporation tax that there hasn't been for quite some time. So it gives them a better narrative on Tuesday. It, it does. And yeah. interesting, you know, the, all of the, the, the other sort of, in, you know, the ERSI, the, the Nevin Economic Institute are all saying, don't don't spend so much, you know, take it easy, you know, be, a bit, be more targeted in what you do and save a few more, Bob. And it's kind of feeding into that narrative as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and as the finance minister McGrath said, he wants to make sure that these budgetary parameters are maintained because we got to support the households and the businesses without adding inflation. And inflation continues to be a big concern as we're looking into the, the yeah. economy going forward and looking at the United States, for example, which has got a great economy and also still has inflation. Yeah, and they're looking at, I, I saw earlier today that the US are still considering another interest rate hike. Exactly. And what happens over there, as we know, generally happens There's here. a ripple effect. Now, Gina, a record-breaking wind power generates a third of the Republic's electricity in September. So it was a windy month, which was good news for uh, for, for, for the wind turbines and renewable energy sector. It's a good it's a good news for them and it's also a good news for them as they're working in the lobbying area to try to get a piece of that budget pie. So what they're saying in this article in the Irish Times is they're talking about how they've got record breaking month of wind and so that means that the generation of the electricity was up by 25% for the same time last year and of course then the industry lobby is calling on the government to make sure that investments for infrastructure and in continued investments on the support yeah. for these renewable energies will be included in that budget. I think they also have mass, massive issues around uh, the planning system and how all that works in terms of getting projects approved. They, they, yeah, they say they, they need those resources because they can't continue to generate the wind if they yeah. don't have that investment, needless to say. Declan, uh, just staying with, with, with the green agenda, um, and very interesting survey, and again, there's a couple of comments on it throughout today's papers, but the majority of businesses believe that they shouldn't be responsible <laughs> for climate solutions. Only half of them saying that sustainability and client are issues that affect their general decision making. I was quite shocked by this. Yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, well, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, they, they surveyed 359 businesses and 90%, Bobby, felt that uh, it's not their problem. It's not up to us to do this. It's a government issue. But when you look at all this green agenda and everybody yeah. selling sustainability and telling you how great and how clean, and, and then when it comes down to it, like if we really ask the hard questions, 
They're not interested. Well, it comes back to profit at the yeah. end of the day and businesses are in business to make a profit. I think I think if you go back over the last few years and even just the last 12 months, you've got the energy increases. So there's a focus on trying to keep businesses alive and going and all of that. And even if you take COVID, the focus was just surviving again for a while. So the green agenda sort of waned a little bit, shifted to the side when all this focus was on other things and on, on survival through it's the pandemic. It's a bit like marketing when things get tough in business. It gets so cut. The last, it's the one thing yeah. that, that, that yeah. gets slashed, you know, and it concerned me too, because as you were, as you were both saying that 90% said this time around in the same survey that was conducted a year ago, only 85. Now, just a small blip and increase of not our problem, but an increase in not our problem, and probably for the reasons that Declan discussed. But it is very, to me, or just a, another one of these reminders that when I first moved here to Ireland, I went to a, a birthday party for my daughter, and they played this pass the parcel game, which we called you know, hot potato when I was a kid. But pass the parcel of responsibility is what seems to happen. Not our country, another country's going to lead. Not our sector, another sector's going to lead. And so these businesses are saying, we think it's the government's responsibility I, to take the lead on climate change. I'm, 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 who's I'm, going to I'm take really the surprised lead? By that, but the other stat in there that I was equally surprised by, 25% of these businesses that were surveyed said that being green doesn't attract new customers. Like, if that's the belief, yeah. where are we? Well, yeah. and that's an interesting thing, too, in terms of that's the belief, but is that substantiated? Because there are, certainly in the Gen, in the Gen Zs, there is a much more, a much stronger corporate social responsibility move to where they put their 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 euros. So I'm I'm curious about whether or not that is substantiated by the numbers, but we'd see. There's also analysis of that same survey in the Irish Times a bit further on in the Cantillon sector. They're saying that cost is the main reason cited for the failure to do more to reduce their carbon footprint, cited by just under half of respondents, with one in five saying lack of information on methods of decarbonisation is the main barrier. Yeah, I think it does come down to cost. And I think, um, you know, I think that point around the customers as well, May, I think some of the customers certainly will want uh, a, a green uh, angle on your business or a green agenda. I think an interesting comment from the SSE Managing Director of Energy uh, Consumer Solutions, Nikki Flanders. Uh, Nikki said that adding uh, to the survey findings demonstrate a real uh, cause for alarm and should not be underestimated. If unaddressed, climate change will continue to drive up costs for businesses and for society at large. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. point very it's, well made. Yeah, it's a yeah. short-term win now, yeah. but it's a long-term cost in the future. So when do you do it? Gina, let's talk pubs. Oh. Uh, Weatherspoon, <laughs> Irish pubs, trading very profitably. A picture of a smiling or snarling Tim Martin uh, in today's Irish Examiner. Uh, the company spent £49 million uh, on investment in three Irish premises uh, in the in the recent past. Yeah, this is an interesting one for me because, as a, as of course everyone hears from my accent, I continue to be the the American blow in here. And when I first was living down in Cork, I would visit Weatherspoons down on Paul Street until a very Irish buddy of mine pointed out it's owned by a Brit, and I don't go there. <laughs> and so, despite him, it does seem that a lot of other you, Irish folks have you no get problem. Three points for a tenner getting, there, Gina. <laughs> well, there's one in Dunleary, and I confess I've been there. Too. So there are 12 in all of Ireland and nine here in the Republic. And as this article in, as you mentioned, my friends in the Irish Examiner there are reporting, he spent 49 million in investments at key three locations in Ireland. And he has his shares now up 49% over last year. But he's also concerned that he has a cumulative tax loss of 24.2 billion here alone. 
So this is showing that while he's putting in the investments and he's getting some, he still actually has that carryover. I'm proud to say as a small business owner, I have paid all my overhang tax debt that I was putting off back from when we had a moratorium in 2020. But look, these pubs are trading profitably. He's got... He's got the the impact, and I think it and shows that he's the share price is forty nine percent from a year yeah, ago. Yeah, forty nine percent up at the same time he put the forty nine investments. So I don't know if there's a, a circular well roundedness to all of that, but it does seem to be making a difference, and people are getting their pints there. Uh, interesting uh, analysis and opinion by Tim Hartford. Oh, I love this. One. In uh, in uh, today's <laughs> Irish Times, Declan. Yeah. Uh, why do we keep paying more? Not to go to the gym. Uh, enlighten us. It, well, it starts back in 2006 with some research then. And myself and Gina were talking about this beforehand. And we were wondering why we were looking back to 2006. But anyway, as, as you get through the article, uh, there's a lot in it. And basically what we're doing here is that um, those that pay subscriptions, particularly for the gym, are probably paying a bit more than the person that rocks up and just pays cash on, on the cash day. On the day. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to, the question is, why do we do that? But then it goes on, the article, it's quite a, a detailed article, it goes on to talk about all the other subscriptions that we might have. And, and nowadays we've everything from, uh, obviously, gym membership, software, um, Apple Music, Netflix, whatever the streaming media. <laughs> and we've so many, we, we forget what we I have. Think, I, someone told me once that you should do an audit of all those once a year. And There's I, an app for that. I have to consult, <laughs> as I haven't done that, but I, you just know yeah. that if you really, really look at your spending, that there's stuff in there that could be dealt with well, and, and, and okay. could be called. And apparently what... what, what where people realise they have these yeah. and they haven't used them and then they try to go again we were talking about this earlier you try to go in and you'd say, say well, I'm, I'm going to delete that or, or unsubscribe it's nearly impossible yeah. Yeah. Very like, they, they, they by design make it so they difficult. make it very t- t- it's t- called stickiness I think yes. and then you just use. get so frustrated that yeah. you just go well I'll wait another week and another yeah. week and what I love about there is, there Tim is Harford's a, article yeah go ahead there Declan, is a saviour the there is yes. a saviour your credit when your card your credit card expires and then they're goosed they're gone and so the more recent study that he that Harford re- refers to in his column talks about this study that says that's essentially when we finally have the rubber hits the road on our on our reoccurring payments when the the credit entity ca- can't get the the payment because the credit card's expired and sometimes that will take twenty months so it's like why do we continue to pay for something that we don't use well we've expressed some of the difficulties around it. And it is a fascinating study around human behavior and behavioral economics, which I actually really enjoyed this and am extremely guilty of. Although I did delete one of my um, my streaming videos, um, services, uh, actually successfully, but it did just this month take the credit card expiration to have one of my fitness apps that I've been trying to delete finally go off and I'm now the, taking that money and also the continued weight that I did. Yeah, use. there's a there's a piece in it, a, a highlighted piece that said if people really are lazy, <laughs> short sighted, and inattentive, as behavioral economics suggests, then subscriptions are a hugely attractive business model. It's, it's a bit of FOMO it's too true. because you have this fear. I need to be subscribed to Netflix because I miss out something. Right, else. exactly. A bit of FOMO in yeah, there and as I'm well. going yeah. to use that app that for losing weight next month. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> now, Declan, I know you're a die in the wool 
GAA man. Yes. So I want to bring you to uh, Kim Bielenberg's piece uh, on rugby. He, he basically says, rooks, malls and brawls. Here's your bluffer's guide to rugby. Well, I can now tell you, Bobby, that Ireland's destiny is in their own hands. Thanks. Thanks to the piece. Um, you know, and, and um, we, we just need to go through some phases and, you know, that the dark art of the scrum is in there. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to the match tonight and then talking through all these with the colleagues. Yeah, it, it's what he basically does. He demystifies some of the, the technical spiel, some of the cliche 